It's After the Snow, the podcast. We are back. I'm your co-host, Dave Mays. And alongside with me, my main man, Freeway Rick Ross. What's up, Rick? What up, Dave? What up, y'all? Man, we got we to gotta apologize to all of our listeners and viewers out there. We, uh, we missed a show last week. It was my fault. Um, so I, I really need to apologize, um, you know, but um, things got a little bit crazy last week. Um, we'll talk about some of the things, but uh, we missed we missed uh, getting the show done. So we're going to pick back up, you know, right where we left off. We're we're into uh, season two and episode seven is what we're going to be talking about. So we're into the stretch run on the second season of snowfall. But, um, you know, before we get into that, you know, let, let's just catch up, man. It's been, it's been now a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was, man. You know, as always, man, moving, moving, been around the country and back. I did, I did 85 South while I was, uh, Oh yeah. While I was gone, man. It was turned up DC young fly and they crew, man, was just like crazy, you know. I, yeah, I, I can't it. wait to see that. I can't wait to see. How long were you there? Like, was it like a we did long? Like a two-hour interview, man. Yeah. We kicked yeah. like two hours. They got a nice setup, you know. I yeah. I enjoyed a good environment, so you know, uh, uh, I stepped out there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the uh, eighty-five South Show. Definitely one of the best and one of my favorite podcasts uh, in the market. Um. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I also uh, my diesel started running last week, man. And, uh, did good. Had my first run to Arizona, great, man. After that, man, start popping tires in the trailer, man. Some dumb stuff, man. You know, I go buy brand new tires for the for the trailer. You know, I'm like, you know, when I start off, I want to start off fresh, good start. I go buy brand new tires. The guy put the wrong tires on the trailer. Oh man! So, so, so what happened? It couldn't, it couldn't move. No, yeah, we blowing tires like every fifty miles. We blow a tire, man. And then you know, one time they charged me fifteen hundred to come out and change one tire because they had to drive for like two hours to get to you. Oh man! So it was like, oh my goodness, that truck's been killing me. But you know, that's what All it right. is. But you've been waiting a while to get those trucks on the road, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been waiting. You know, um, you know. I figure be some more passive income. You know, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see it through though. I ain't gonna quit. You know, okay. I know that's part of the growing, the growing pains. But you know, you would think that the guy at the tire place know to put the same tire back on the truck that you know, I'm in on the trailer that came off, but. You know, so you got to pay attention. You know, when when you're doing business, you you have to watch over the people who who are taking care of them. You got to watch over their backs, otherwise, you know, you you'd be twelve thousand dollars in tires. You know, <laughs> All right? No question. You got to be on. You got to be on point. It's, it's never, yeah, it's never like just that easy to just sit back and let things go. You know, you really got to have your hand in things, um, especially something you know new. You know that you want to get yeah. working working yeah. right. You know, um, yeah. Over time, you can probably develop a system and get you know some trusted folks in place that can pretty much handle things. But uh, 
Yeah, the beginning, you got to be hands-on. Yeah, definitely, man. Otherwise, it costs you a lot of money. That's right. That's pretty much the exciting stuff that happened to me these past (laughs) couple weeks. Um, Okay. Yeah, I know you've been home a lot, too, which was great, so you can spend more time with Yeah, yeah, for two weeks I've been home, you know. Uh, but I leave today or tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go down to Jackson to the uh, to the all white party. So uh, I'll be heading down there today, either the first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's Labor Day weekend, man. It's freaking summer is over. It's crazy. Yeah, it's time flies by. Time don't wait for nobody, man. No, we into so the, we, to get your stuff together. We into the stretch not, run. Left out. We into the stretch run for the year now. You know, you got. Couple more months before we be at Thanksgiving, and you know, that's it. Like if you, as far as business, getting business done, you know, things pretty much slow down once you hit Thanksgiving. Yeah, from, from Christmas, no, no, November, really, huh? From November yeah. all the way to, because then the Chinese holiday starts. So you know, they kind of throw the the ecosystem off a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make my moves right now, though, man. Right. Well, that's. That's one of the reasons, you know, we we uh, missed the show last week because, you know, you know, I was particularly on the grind last week. Um, I ended up down in Houston for the uh, Tycoon weekend that 50 Cent put on. Um, big, big weekend. It was really interesting, really, really successful. Um, I guess 50 has taken up residence in Houston these days, I guess he, you know, maybe bought a house out there and he's been um, living out there quite a bit and then making an investment into the city. So this weekend, um, I guess the proceeds were going to his foundation and the foundation was supporting a number of uh, local charities in the Houston area. So, you know, the mayor of Houston was out to support the weekend and they really, you know, rolled out the the red carpet for everybody. Um, yeah, it was it was long Thursday to Sunday, but um, wow, yeah, that's a long weekend. Yeah, yeah, they started off with a, a big comedy show and musical concert combined on Thursday night. Uh, all kind of stuff going on at the hotel on Friday, um, pool parties, and you know different lingerie parties and different things. And they had the celebrity basketball game on Saturday. Um, got to see a few people that I didn't know had had the um, skills that were doing their thing out there. And uh, went to the brunch on Sunday. Ran into a lot of people. You know, I was, there, I was out there with Bill Bellamy. Um, Bill was participating in the weekend. He performed on Thursday. He played in a basketball game on Saturday, did his thing on both both stages. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, me and Bill were out there, you know, networking and also uh, recording some of his podcasts. Uh, we shot about four or five shows over the weekend and brought the production down so we could record and get some of the people that were in town. Uh, we just dropped the first one today. Uh, which was uh, his conversation with Roy Jones Jr. So, uh, you know, got to hang out with my boy Roy. I hadn't seen Roy in, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, 
You know, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was good to see him because we had some good times together in the past. And, you know, he always came out and supported the source and things I was doing, the source awards. We gave him a, you know, athlete of the year at one of our source awards shows. And I think he presented um, at some other source awards. Um, had him on Source Sports Magazine cover. So, uh, yeah, man, I got, I got some history of Roy. It was good to see him. It was a great conversation between him and Bill. He's got a lot of insight into today's boxing world and some of the new things he's doing. But y'all, y'all go to, um, you know, any of the podcast platforms um, to listen to this week's episode. It's Top Billing with Bill Bellamy, or you can watch it on the Breakbeat Media YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounded like y'all had it popping down there in Houston. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Some of the other people that came through was uh, a couple other boxers, Terrence Bud Crawford uh, from, you know, one of the welterweight champs right now. Uh, got a big, high, probably the most highly anticipated fight in years uh, with Errol Spence, they say, is going to happen uh, later this year. Um, Bud Crawford was one of those guys that played in the basketball game that did his thing, man. He, he was killing them out there with the threes. Was Bud killing them? Yeah, uh, yeah, he was doing his thing. They couldn't stop him. <laughs> he might have yeah. been, been a high scorer on the game. Wow, wow. I didn't know he could play basketball, too. Yeah. They say yeah. he had a hell of an athlete, though. Yeah, and Shakur, Shakur I, I Stevenson. Shakur was there, too? Shakur was there. We did an interview with Shakur. He was hanging out, got got a chance to get to know him a little bit, and Bill and him talked. But yeah, he's you know he's got a fight coming up in a couple of weeks. He just came right out of the the gym training and, and rolled up on Bill to sit down and do the podcast. Shout out to Shakur and Jay Prince and my man Tony from Prince Boxing that came through with, with Shakur. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, that's a big one there. Shakur got the, uh, he's a world champ right now. That's right. Yeah, he's yeah. holding a couple belts right now. Big fights coming up. Yeah, I figure you would appreciate all the boxers that I was kicking it with. And then last but not least, for sure, was our boy uh, Floyd, man. My man, Floyd Mayweather. Money Mayweather? Money Mayweather, 50-0. and 0. Probably, you know, the greatest boxer of all time, if not one of the very few greatest and uh, definitely hadn't seen, yeah, hadn't, hadn't seen him in at least 10, 15 years, man. That was it was great to catch up with Floyd. I spent about two hours hanging out with him while he was doing the autograph signing, just kicking it, talking hip hop, you know, different stuff. Yeah, you got him to talk, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, me and Floyd got some history, too. We We, you know, we got to know each other early on. You know, same kind of thing when early part of his career, I showed him a lot of love in the source and the magazine and the source awards and, you know, that kind of stuff before he really blew up. So he remembers that, you know, he, he told me that, man, you know, you did a lot for me, Dave. Appreciate everything you did. So that was that was good to see a lot. Of, you know, you know how it is. A lot of times these guys, you know, they won't say that, nor will they even remember that, let alone say it. No, you're right. You're right. So to say that was a big thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been nice that you got him on camera. Hey, I got some pictures, but I didn't. I didn't record any of that. But we got. We got to stay in touch. 
So yeah, uh, yeah. well, that's good. Trying to do some things with with uh, Floyd for sure. Yeah, he still got the uh, the hearts of the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah he told me. He could. No, we was together down in Memphis. That's right. Yeah, he told me. Yeah, we was together in Memphis a couple weeks ago. So okay. They still love him. Yeah. Before we get into the episode, there was one other subject um, um, I wanted to bring up because it's been in the news the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that's this uh, Mike Tyson TV series on Hulu. Um, you know, Mike's been very outspoken uh, of his, you know, anger about Hulu stealing as his story. Should. As he should. Yeah. Yeah. Very, been very upset about that. And he's been very vocal about uh, Hulu stealing his story and not paying him and making this series. So the series is out now. You know, I haven't watched it. Um, but um, it's not doesn't seem like it's getting great reviews. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to just see if you've been following that, Rick. And, you know, obviously there's similarities with your situation and Snowfall. Uh, what they did uh, taking your story. Now, Snow, it's a little different because they didn't call it the Rick Ross story. That's really the main, only main difference, you know. But Hulu, it's actually, you know, it is the Mike Tyson story. Um, so they're not trying to make it seem like it's anybody else. They're not hiding. Yeah. They're not hiding. They're going all the way with it. Right. Well, well you know, I, I think I think it's, 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 it's effed up, you know, that, that they would uh, – do Mike like that, man. You know, uh, they know that he's a public figure. They know that his story has value. Uh, why not count him in? You know, why not bring him in to allow him the opportunity to, 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 to first to help them get the story correctly, you know, because without, you know, without him being there, you don't know if the story is accurate or not. More than likely what they did is took newspaper articles you know, because the way they try to get around around the story is what's in statute limit, uh, what's in the uh, in public domain. So anything that's said about your newspapers and court and stuff like that, they can use all that stuff inside of their, their story, and and there's really nothing you can do about it. Uh, but it's no way that they shouldn't have counted Mike in, you know, and and allowed him to to eat, you know, off of his off of his. His his life journey, his 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 work, his his um, his story, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I feel his pain. You know, I've been I've been through it multiple times. So why do you think a network like Hulu would not go out of their way to to bring him in and compensate him? Well, I don't think that they would have did it had he been a white uh, 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 a white guy. You know, I think it's a little bit of the racist thing in there. They never they never wanted us to own intellectual property in this country anyway. You know, they never wanted blacks to own intellectual property. You know, you didn't own your name, you know, none of that. So uh, they still have that little tendency where wherever they can get away with it, they, they just take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to ask you about that, you know, the term intellectual property and, you know, being a public figure. And I mean, what do you think about the laws that allow uh, folks to, you know, create these 
depictions of people's lives um, and fictionalize them in ways that they decide, um, but also obviously, you know, make it based on that that person. Um, I mean, do you think those are some laws that we need to revisit? Like, and and what, what do you think? We, we probably do. You know, um, for one, you know, with the freedom of speech, that. As long as you depict somebody in a light that's close to what they're supposed to be, then you can do that story. What they can't do is they can't start uh, fictionalizing it, you know, and make it where they um, hurt his character. It can't be defamatory. No, it can't be defamatory. That's the only line that they can't cross. Right, right. It has to be, you know, close to what they did, you know, or what they did. So, I mean, like, I've always thought about this. I mean, like, I can understand, like, a documentary, like, you know, where you're actually telling something that's supposed to be, you know, documented, real things, you know, real stuff, you know, and, and the value in allowing journalists and the media to document things. But when you go to fictionalizing things and turning them into fictionalized movies or TV shows, that's the part that is a little bit bothersome, you know. Yeah, it gets sticky there because then the people who are watching it, they can't tell if it's true or not true. Uh, but you know what they're doing now is they take them and they mix some some real in with some fake and you know and 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 you got to figure it out you know. But yeah, well, shout out to the champ, man. Mike's another one of my guys, man, who I've been fucking with for for a long, long time. I love Mike and uh, won't be watching the Hulu series in support of of the champ. So. Uh, you know, we we feel you over here, champ, man, and we got your back. No doubt, no doubt. I second that emotion. Yeah. So let's get into it this week. We're, uh, we're talking about Snowfall, season two, episode seven. They call it The World is Yours. Uh, that's the title of this week's episode. And um, a lot of stuff going on this week. Um you know, a few few interesting things. I definitely want to uh, run by you, Rick, that that I, I made note of while I was, um, you know, while I was watching. Um, the first thing at the beginning of the sh- uh, episode is uh, the guys are at the movie theater uh, watching Scarface. So it's uh, Franklin, Kev and Leon watching Scarface. And uh, I thought that was interesting one to see, you know. What you thought? When when do you remember seeing Scarface for the first time, and did you go uh, see it multiple, I, multiple times? Yeah, yeah, I saw it too many times. That was, when we had our VCR, that was one of the only uh, tapes we had. <laughs> we had about three three tapes: Superfly, uh, The Road Warrior, and uh, and Scarface. So um, I saw it too many times, but it definitely reminded me of when me and all the fellas uh, went to the movie theaters. We were a little deeper than three, though, you know. We might have been more like 15 deep, so. Uh, but, yeah, I can remember the old Hollywood theater 
you pay a dollar to get in and uh <laughs> you know we was dead what, what do you remember about that movie back then i mean was it something did it inspire you in any way well, yeah, it definitely it definitely inspired me to go higher you know uh when you look at a guy come from over from Cuba and with nothing but sandals on his feet and, you know, he literally takes over the world. You figure that, uh, more confirmation, you know, that I was in the right business, you know, the cocaine was, was the right way to be going. Mm-hmm. So after they leave the theater, Franklin drives them out to the beach and basically Leon and Kev have never even been to the beach in LA. Um, and he's like, you know, just wanted to take you guys out here because, you know, we're, we're building something huge together. And, you know, uh, I'm going to put you guys in charge and, you know, just kind of giving him a, a, a pep talk about his his vision. Um, and they're having fun out there. Kev, of course, is, you know, you could tell he's thinking about his situation that uh, develops in this episode where we saw last episode, you know, of course he got approached by uh, Oso and Lucia to see if they can convince him to sell out Franklin and give him the recipe and everything. So Kev's like listening, but you can tell that's on his mind. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do. Yeah. Cold situation. Yeah. You know that you got to, uh, you know, I know he, he want to take care of his revenge on his little homie, but then he got to cross his boy. I think he say that too in the episode about, you know, crossing your friend and uh, your brother. Mm-hmm. Not easy. What do you think of his? What do you think of that situation? Like, you know, could you, could you see a scenario where you would do something like that? Or no, not me because I I I play I play at a different level. You know, I I play where, you know, I make the calls pretty much. You know, I, when I get in, when I get in the game, you know, I'm running the play. I don't allow other people to run plays for me. You know, I try to run the play for myself. So I usually try to dictate uh, the position that we in. Yeah. Well, um, as the episode goes on, we're going to see what Kev decides to do. Um, so that's one of the one of the things, main things that develops in this episode. Um, now Franklin is, uh, gets together with, um, Teddy, who's, um, kind of telling him that, uh, you know, telling him that he's got to go fix some things or whatever, you know, Teddy's trying to hold off Franklin. He's trying to hold off Avi. He's trying to hold off, uh, everyone while he, uh, gets through this, problem of being discovering that he's being investigated. But when he's talking with Franklin, Franklin goes into a whole speech about, you know, how big this is going to be. And this is going to be like McDonald's. And I'm, I didn't create this thing, but I'm going to be the one that takes it all over the country, the DC, the Chicago, the, you know, Houston, St. Louis, New York, boom, boom, boom. And we're going to be doing 50 to 100 kilos a week. And and he even says, I've been thinking about this my whole life. <laughs> so as I'm watching that, I'm like, damn, I wonder how Rick's feeling watching that. 
you know, because they're, <laughs> they're putting a lot on you in in that little scene right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy that uh, that 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 they they would go there with him on 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 that one there. But uh, you know, they they they're trying to sen- sensationalize it the best they can to uh, to keep the viewers you know tuned in. But uh, yeah, a lot of that is touching. Well, we already knew that the beginning of these seasons was the main ones that touched on uh, on on my story. Um, <clears throat> I imagine those are the ones that John probably had his hand directly into. Uh, but as as it goes on, we'll see. I mean, was that ever like something, an analogy in your head, McDonald's, to what you were doing? Well, you know. Uh, um, L.A. Times said I sold crack like McDonald's. Mm. You know, it's so much stuff out there, you know, that's been rolled and said about me that they almost it's almost hard to miss it. You know, it's almost hard to tell a drug story and not uh, uh, my story come up. You know, it's 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 hard. (laughs) You know, I was was watching a little clip the other night on on, on the Internet and and it was talking about drugs. I was like, I bet my name going to come up. Just like I thought it popped up. So, uh, you know, I, I've come, I've become anonymous with, with when it, when you're talking about drugs. So if you're talking about drugs, more than likely I'm going to pop up. So uh, I could see a lot of my story in this in this series here, definitely. You know, with, with the going to Scarface, you know, uh, going to watch Scarface. I talked about that in my book, how me and all the fellas went to watch Scarface for the first mm-hmm. time. So... All right. Yeah, I, this this felt like an episode that would, you know, that you might react to a little differently just because of some of the storylines. So, um, um, okay, another one I want to talk about is uh, Claudia and Louis. Um, you know, that becomes a whole situation as the episode goes on. So we know, you know, Louis is had left Jerome and has been hanging with Claudia. She puts on this big uh, kind of, I don't know what you would call it, some type of uh, show, a review um, at the club. She has all these you know, like people, I think, that came in from out of town and puts on this big show. It's and big. Yeah. Big. Now, now, I got to digress for a second because um, the host who's on stage the MC for the night for her show is my guy, uh, the actor Nico Anon, who plays Uncle Clifford on P Valley. Um, and I didn't realize that you know, he had mentioned we just did an interview with uh, Uncle Clifford with Nico on Bill Bellamy's show. Uh, that's the one that came out last week. And um, on the show, he he mentioned that he had appeared in Snowfall, and I had forgotten about that. Um, but P Valley is an amazing show. I don't know. Have you have you have you watched P Valley, Rick? I haven't. I haven't. I heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. So I know I was talking about some other shows recently, but in the last few weeks, I uh me and Brett got really into P Valley. You know, the second season just ended. So we're not quite done with the second season, but we watched the whole first season and most of the second season. We gotta wrap it up this weekend. But um it's on stars and it's it's very well done. I mean, um, the characters and the storylines is, is very interesting, a little controversial in some ways. But um, had to shout out my guy, Nico. Great, great guy. Um, 
you know, he did an amazing interview with Bill. They had an awesome time. Um, so I would definitely suggest you guys go uh, track that one down. Top billing with Bill Bellamy with Nico Anon last week, a.k.a. Uncle Clifford. So, yes, yeah, so Uncle Clifford's there hosting uh, the party for Louie. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually Louie and Claudia uh, are having some problems. You know, Claudia kind of like, this is like she's a little Louis. jealous. She act like she's a little jealous of uh, uh, Louis. Yeah, you know she accused Louis of trying to take the club from him. She did, and yeah, then so. Louis said to some, "If I wanted to take the club, I could have did it." Right. So they start that little back and forth a little bit there. So yeah, so um, and then of course they they start beefing back in the back and. Uh, um, Louis ends up getting the better of of Claudia, uh, cracks her in the head with the bottle, and then looked like she uh, pushed her down and she hit her head on the on the uh, countertop, banged banged her head. So you don't know really what happened. I, at first, I'm thinking she might have died, but then later on, I think they say something about how you know Franklin is talking to Jerome and saying, "Man, we got to figure out how we're gonna." handle this because Claudia is a really bad enemy to have for a bunch of reasons. So I guess she's in the hospital. We don't know whether she's died or not. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. But um, that was that was Claudia cool. went hard on, on Louis too. put all her business out there in the street. You know, about her being a prostitute. I didn't know she was she was a prostitute. Right. We learned that. Yes, yeah, he was embarrassing her in front of some other uh, people there at the uh, event. Yeah said she used to be that so I think she said she used to be on Figueroa or something like that did yeah is that one of the old <laughs> the old uh, hostro <laughs> strips yeah. there Figueroa old and new as an old and uh, new okay still going wow well you know out here now they, they, they don't arrest prostitutes no more okay yeah they stop arresting them so now they can they can hold and, and not worry about going to jail wow hmm I didn't realize that so yes. it must be, yeah, it must be pretty, pretty wild out out there wherever where that's going on in those parts. So still around Figueroa. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, all um, over California, technically all over California. Well, you know, Vegas was already legal, so. Right. I guess California just adopted. You know, why fill the jail up with, you know, with women selling their bodies? So. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, if that pushes Louis back to Jerome and, you know, they get back together and how they're going to deal with Claudia. Um, but it was great seeing Uncle Clifford. <laughs> that was a part <laughs> that's, that stuck out of my my mind just because i come to love that show and his character and, and him from his interview. So, um but um, let's let's talk about a couple other uh, parts of the show. Um, so also and Lucia, they are under the gun because the big Mexican boss lady um, is on their ass. Gave them two days, you know, to uh, come up with the recipe to save them. Um you know, after what happened 
with the shootout and the killing of some of her guys, Stomper and the other guys. Uh, so they're like, you know, they're desperately trying to get out of this situation. Um, they also know that um, Soledad is is some kind of agent, some kind of police. And um, they figure that out. And they still will. Lucia is still having a hard time accepting that Pedro is probably a rat as well. You know, she's still kind of debating that with also in the earlier part of 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 the episode. Um, so even though Pedro sold her out, you know, to his dad earlier in the season and showed her, you know, he can't be trusted. I guess she still has some feelings for him as her first cousin and um, doesn't want to really get over that. You want to whack him. That's right. <laughs> but, but in the end, we see she does just that. She takes him out and shoots him, shoots him down. Time to go, Pedro. <laughs> well, you know, you you would think that it would have been easy. I mean, she had her whole family killed, you know, and and, and that other thing. She set that up, really, technically. So, um, I don't see why one more, especially one who who's put the police on you, would have been would have been that difficult for. Her. It seemed like it would have been a lot easier for her to kill Pedro than than uh, than to kill her uncle. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was struggling with it. Um... But she got the confession out of him. He, he admitted everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Have we seen her kill anybody herself yet in this series? Or is this the first time? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, so we see that. She makes the calls, but she'll also handle handle the business um, if she has to. Um, he said something to her about how she you know, uh, is this terrible person, because, but he could understand because she saw her sister get murdered in front of her. Um, so that's kind of like what, some more information we're learning about her background. Um, you know, just like we learned some stuff about Auntie Louie in this episode. Yeah, it seemed like the further we go, the more the more we learn the characters and, and uh, which way the characters are going. I'm wondering if, if the writers already knew which how they want their characters to turn out before uh, when they first started uh, writing the character in. Yeah, I'm not sure like what the process is for a writer like that if they're figuring it out as they go along. I'm sure they have obviously a good idea at the beginning, but I don't know. Never, never written a. And I TV guess you got series. so many characters that turn out so many different ways in life that however you do it, you can't miss. Right. All right. Um, let's see what else happened in the episode. Wanda is using crack. So they're having a party and she's out there, you know, smoking in front of Franklin. He's he's not pleased with that. Um, so we see the beginnings of having to deal with people in your crew using using the drugs, stealing from him. You know, she basically admits to just taking the drugs and using it uh, without, you know, any permission. Of course, yeah. you know, that's that's Leon's girl. 
So he's trying to protect her, but uh, Franklin is, is not having it and, you know, lets him know, you know, he don't want her around no more after uh, seeing what she's doing. And rightfully so. You know, when, when somebody's on dope, you know, they'll do anything. So you definitely got to protect, uh, protect yourself from, uh, from whatever they might bring to you. So I think he's absolutely correct by, uh, by not allowing her to come around. Um, Teddy, before we, you know, get done with one or two more things, I want to mention Teddy. Um, like we said before, he's dealing with this fact that they're being investigated. He's trying to figure out, well, he figured out who it was because he made the phone call. Um, you know, he makes the phone call to the guy from the DEA and he makes this kind of anonymous call and says, you know, I know that you've got a undercover, you know, on the villain waiver case and, you know, basically saying that the undercover is going to get, could get killed and uh, that it's known that, that there's an undercover and you guys should kind of pull out and he doesn't say who he is, but he gives enough information that he convinces the, the guy from the DEA that, you know, this is a dangerous situation. They better, they better pull her out. Um, but she fights and gets one last 48 hours to try to solve and get, you know, bring Teddy and his brother in. That's what she wants to do. She wants to get them arrested. So he gives her 48 more hours. And that's the time where Teddy's like scrambling because he can't go to his office is still under surveillance. I guess that's where the money is that he needed to pay everybody. So he's got Avi on his ass. He's got uh, the Colombians who pop up at the end. They thinking they're going to go him and his brother, Matt are going to go to DC. That's, that's Teddy's plan. Uh, you know, I'm going to go to DC. I guess he's going to go try to get in touch with his, his old CIA boss and see if he can get some help on this from him. But uh, the Colombians are there waiting at, at the plane and they basically kidnap uh, his brother, Matt, and say, all right, go go to D.C., do what you got to do. But your brother's going to going to stay here with us. So, um, yeah, they had, Teddy's got a lot of a lot of drama going on uh, right now. Then got heavy for Teddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teddy got yeah. a heavy load right now. He got to figure this thing out. Um yeah, that is a tough one to have the DA breathing down your back and then your suppliers and, you know, everybody wondering why you're not working. Come on, man, let's make something happen. We need this money. So, uh, yeah, they they putting a lot of pressure on Teddy right now. Yeah, yeah. So it, it ends with him, I guess, making his way to D.C. and his brother being held. So we're going to see next week probably – you know, what happens because he thinks at the time that his plan to scare the DEA off didn't work because, you know, they were still surveilling his office. Um, so he's got to figure out another route. Um, and I think last, well, probably two more things. One is just talking about uh, Franklin's mom and dad. You know, they've shown in this episode a couple of times and, um, you know, the dad is getting cleaner, cleaner by the week here, looking cleaner and better and healthier. Um, and he's he gave got, her a check, too. Right. 
he's got a check. He finally get qualified. So that shows for, that, that shows that he has a heart when he's not uh when he's not on that dope. Right. When he's she not starting really, out on the dope, he can he can he can have a heart. Yeah, she was the sissy was really moved by that. That really was a big deal for her because they're about to lose the house, the mortgage is behind, and she's trying to figure out what she could do and and um and Alton comes to the table with the check. Um and uh they ended up, you know, having a great time together. They're dancing and, you know, making out and stuff and, you know, they're rekindling, I guess, their 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 old romance that's happening. But uh in the end she comes back home and she's pissed. Uh, she was at the bank trying to pay pay the mortgage, and she finds out not only did the what they were behind get paid, but the whole mortgage has been paid off um, by a fake name that Franklin used, um, and she's not happy about that. No, she's she's totally uh, pissed. Said that she wanted to own her own house. She wanted to yeah pay for it herself, and. Yeah, so- uh, but 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 Alton, the dad, is like, hey, look, at least he's doing it smart. You know, he's giving Franklin some some rope there with his mom. Like, hey, you know, he's put it under a fake name, so at least he's he's being uh, smart what he's doing. And um, um, what else did he say? Something else to her about about him that she didn't really like. But uh, you know, basically giving uh, giving Franklin a little bit of a little bit of credit and a little bit of of uh you know room there um you know to to hopefully you know clean clear things back up with with his mom but uh so that that's um you know that's an interesting development we're gonna see how how that plays out uh having dad really back in the picture now um and i guess to just end it off it's it's back to kev so um of course, Kev makes this decision to go see Lucia and Oso. And, you know, he agrees to tell him the recipe. And they um, they take him around, around the way and point out the guy that, that killed his cousin. Let him know how he'll be able to find him there and handle his business. And... Uh, yeah, he he uh, he brings him back to the kitchen and shows him how to make the rock. So he's he's done it. He's done sold out. Franklin, Leon, and the guys officially. So now Franklin, I'm gonna have competition coming from a whole different angle. Hmm. Then I gonna even know where it came That's right. from. That's right. That's right. So. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was a lot of stuff uh, in this week's episode. Um, you know, pretty good one. Um, you know, and uh, setting us up for the final three episodes of the season. Uh, so we'll be back, you know, next week to talk about episode eight and everything else going on. Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in and hanging out with. Freeway and myself for the After the Snow podcast. No and, doubt, uh, no doubt. Appreciate y'all. 
Yeah. As you guys know, this is part of Breakbeat Media, the new podcast network uh, dedicated to the global hip hop community and, and really authenticity in our content. And, um, you know, hope you guys are enjoying not only after the snow, but, um, you know, many of the other programs that Breakbeat is offering right now. So follow us on the Breakbeat Media YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Breakbeat Media, on Twitter at Breakbeat Media. Uh, follow me at The Real Dave Mays and um, at Freeway Ricky. Freeway Ricky. Yeah, on Instagram mm-hmm. for Rick. And uh, man, yeah, look us up on all the podcast apps. Subscribe to the Breakbeat Podcast on uh, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So um, back next week. Thank you, guys. Peace. Peace.